Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 80, like three or something of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. How are you all doing? I mean, you've not responded. You've sat in silence. I just asked you a question, but it's understandable because podcasts aren't really an interactive thing in such in that way. But if you'd like to tweet me right now how you're doing with no ever, other explanation, just saying like, I'm, I'm good or whatever else and that'll confuse the hell out of me because i've recalled these intros like a week or two in advance sometimes so i will have forgotten this and i'll just get a slew of tweets from people going i'm just having breakfast actually cheers and it will make me very confused so let's do that um this week our guest is the wonderful jim smallman of this is is progress wrestling um it it was a great chat. In fact, I should mention at the start now, because you're going to want to, if you're in Manchester, it's, although I'm recording this in advance, it's, it's probably sold out by now. But on the 14th, on, on Valentine's Day, moments away, Progress Wrestling at the Ritz, we talk about what a wonderful venue it is for, for all that in the podcast. But yeah, I recommend you get along. But let's not get into that now. Um This is just a great story of an independent company that have, are doing great and have have, have, have made so much noise and so much progress pun intended on their own and with the support of of you lot worth me mentioning at this point speechdevelopmentrecords.com if you want to go and support this guy and my crew but um yeah really good chat and really good conversation um i'm hoping before we get into the podcast i'm hoping that next week we're still waiting on it i've mentioned before the um a limited run of scroobius pip toys that are coming out that that I've made with Riker, it's pretty exciting. The way, as I said, that we're going to do it is because there's only fifty, we're going to put up the Riker podcast, and that will give you all the details of where to buy it. And then we're not going to mention it online until twenty four hours after that. So if you listen to the podcast, you'll get that information and might be able to get one. There might be some left, but there is only fifty, and we do get like. 100,000 downloads a week so that's all I'm saying but um, yeah it's exciting, I'm not sure if it's it's going to be next week and if it is next week it might not be on Wednesday I mean my tip would be subscribe and have automatic downloads so it just notifies you when we put it up that's honestly not a scam, it's just he's hand making them all so we don't know when they're going to be ready and we want to get them out as soon as as they're ready so it's going to, it should be in February is, is all I'm going to say then. So, yeah, check that out. Also in February, we're going to have Saul Williams on the podcast, hopefully example as well on the podcast. And genuinely, that's going to be a, a damn good chat because that guy's had a hell of a varied career and done some, some some crazy stuff. And he's a good dude. I've known him a long time. So that should be interesting. Um, still trying to uh, line up Zoe Ashton and Stephen Graham and, and Lauren Laverne. They're all ones we're talking to at the moment. I, I was lined up to have Joe Gilgan I was going up to see him in Manchester when we were going to record and then he had to cancel because he's had to dart out of the country for for months, I think, for like three, four months. So it's gonna, it will happen still and we're still keeping in regular contact. But yeah, that one's pushed back ever so slightly. Um, but yeah, there's loads of good stuff to come. What else do I need to mention? The book, the book's coming along well. The Distraction Pieces podcast book, that's now been announced and out there hugely exciting i'm working on the chapters at the moment and this basically consists of me getting um transcripts and transcripts of the of the episodes and going through and picking stuff that fit into different categories and we're going to divide it all up and it's going to be this beautiful um 
reference book of political stuff discussed or or discussions on, on mental health and just different things that these amazing guests that I've been lucky enough to have have have, have said and and uh, allow you to have these little outtakes and, uh, and and reference points. So yeah, that's all on its way and that's all very very exciting, is it not? I think you'll agree it is. That's probably about it before this one kicks off, right? We get into a lot of wrestling talk here, obviously. But again, I genuinely, it's another one that there would have, there could have been a risk that this is too specific or too niche or whatever else. But I genuinely think whether you're into wrestling or not, it's fascinating conversation and stories because it's a story of of, of building the, a, a company and it's it's the story of the of the ring psychology of the psychology of of different elements of it of of supporting the crowd but not pandering to them and so on and so forth it's a it's a really interesting one and Jim's a great dude I'm infatuated with him and his his lovely a wife and everyone that I met at, at Progress I plan to go along a lot they're lovely they're a lovely bunch down there so yeah Look forward to more of that. Um, let's get into the podcast. Well, oh, why not, eh? So we are rolling, and I'll jump straight into it, if that's all right with you. Yeah, it's fine. I'm joined today by Jim Smallman um, of Progress Wrestling. How are you? I'm, I'm ace, thanks. It, long, I'd say long time no see, but it's literally been like a few days. It's been it? a couple of days, so it's it's, it's nice. that I, I, I like it when we can put together podcasts that quickly, because hmm. it keeps that excitement and, and buzz. I always remember I, I, one of our, our most popular ones of last year was with a lady called Tall Dark Friend, who is a transgender singer mm. and just has an amazing story because she lives in Tilbury in Essex, which yep. isn't easy to change your sex in in, yeah. in an area like that in a work in such a working class area. But that one, we literally I found out about her, heard one of her songs, and we were podcasting within forty eight hours. Mm. So it was great. So it's equally exciting that just over forty eight hours ago, really, <laughs> I got to come down to my first a progress wrestling show. So. Yeah, and hugely it was quite, excited. It was quite a nice, happy coincidence in that I yeah. had people messaging me going, you know, Pip's talked about progress on his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I really like Pip. I want to invite him to the show. <laughs> and and if you imagine the scene in my house, me and my wife, both fans of yours, so Excellent. I... Um, I I hear this and she's like, well, you need to you need to invite him to a show, and I'm like, I know this. I really want to invite him to a show because um, he's already enthusiastic about it, and I know he likes wrestling. And then I, I sort of shot you a message, and you went, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come. And we were made up. <laughs> it's quite straight away, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is excellent. And then um, you seemed, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you seemed to quite enjoy it. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I said I brought a, a, a couple of mates along, and I was like, look, because. Uh, I think I kind of, I, I mentioned it a little bit at the time, and I mentioned this when I had Jericho on the podcast, is in the last year, I've got really back into wrestling. I was, mm-hmm. I've always been quite into wrestling. In the last year, I now don't miss an NXT or a Raw, or I'd catch a bit of New Japan if I can, and things like that. And really, yeah. it, part of it's because of podcasting. Mm. So because I'm a fan of the Jim Ross podcast and the Stone Cold one and a few others, and it was on one of them that I think... the, the uh, a legendary name to everyone involved in wrestling or a fan of wrestling and a name you've never heard of to everyone who isn't Dave Meltzer, I think was, mm. was raving about progress. And I'd heard of you guys and hearing someone of his standard kind of saying, there's some good stuff going on in the UK. I was like, 
all right, this is cool. This this catches my attention a bit. Well, it's mind blowing as well because I've read the rest of it. Dave Meltzer is responsible for the Wrestling Observer. Yeah, which is, yeah. For people who don't understand wrestling, it's basically he's a man who's written a newsletter since the eighties about yeah. wrestling, yeah. where he marks matches out of out of five stars yeah. and he gives away a lot of the backstage stuff and, and every it was, match constant. But yeah. it was mind blowing when it first happened. I remember first reading it maybe in the late nineties when I was at university. Yeah, and now. I mean, it's mind-blowing enough that I'm involved in wrestling in any way whatsoever because I've been a fan since I was a kid. But it's mind-blowing that he knows who we are and yeah. talks about us. And it means that we've got fans from the States. So we've had people come from the States to our shows, which is... Yeah. A little, we are still a little company. And, um, you know, I mean, we're indebted to, to people like yourself for spreading the word about us, but we're, we're a little company. For people from the States and Japan to know who we are is, is crazy. But that's what's really exciting as well is it's such a... You can be a little company but have a universal reach because of the internet and because mm. of streaming and things like that. And the fact is a lot of wrestling fans are hardcore fans and yep. they really get into it. In fact, at the start, I think, as we're going to be talking in detail on a, a lot of things, there's going to be some people listening who aren't fans. Mm. So let's just get a few of the terms out of the way yeah, explained. Just so <clears throat> so heels... Again, a few of these I had to explain <laughs> to my mate Chris on uh, on, on on Sunday who came along, he didn't. He kind of, I was like, oh, he's a heel. He's like, he's a hero. It's like, no, he's a heel. So, so heels are the bad guys, yes, and baby faces or faces are the good guys. Um, one of the things I really liked was was some of the s- s- selling. So we're going to talk about that, and that's when people are showing, are putting across that they've been hurt. Obviously, mm. we should also discuss at the start. Everyone knows it's not real. Every one of our fans knows it. What is it's, it? It's kind of all right, isn't it? Because that's the thing that, again, I did a Facebook post and one guy came on saying, why are you watching wrestling? Of all the real sports out there, <laughs> why are you watching this fake shit? And it's one of the ones that got the most uh, likes in the response because I just said to him, look, you know it's not real, right? Absolutely. And it's not pretending to be real. And he argued that um, Americans all think it's real. And I argued that if anywhere knows it's not real, it's America because, again, a quick history lesson of... In I think it was in the nineties. Well, I wasn't it. Vince McMahon started to take the the WWE to next level, and he had court proceedings to swear on oath that it's not real, and it was a tax dodge essentially, and but, and so they didn't have to go through the athletic commissions and pay the sports taxes and things like that. So he went on. It's why it changed to sports entertainment, mm-hmm. and so again, it's that thing of no one's pretending it's real. I saw the Revenant uh, last week. It was yeah. fantastic. It's not real. Like <laughs> Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio didn't really suddenly get lost in the out in the sticks, but it was amazing, regardless of its realness or not. So, it's yeah. the I think with us because there's no kids at our shows. Yeah. Um, if you go to a WWE show, there are kids there who yeah. genuinely believe that someone like John Cena is a superhero. Yeah. And you know what? That's fine when they're kids. Yeah. You know, my, I've got a 12 year old daughter because of a storyline that we did that she accidentally saw on YouTube. <laughs> I had to sit her down and smarten her up. Yeah. And tell her. Yeah, it's not. Daddy didn't really get beaten up. Yeah. Um, because it, it, to her, it still seems real. Yeah. She's one of very few kids in her school who knows that it isn't. And I've made her swear to not tell the boys that she yeah. knows that like wrestling than it isn't. Yeah. I think it's it's weird in that all of our fans are grown-ups. There's no kids there. And they all know that it is entertainment that it has been constructed by me and John and Glenn, who are my two business partners who, yeah. who, run, who run Progress. I had, I had Glenn... T- tweeting me trying to muscle in on the podcast yesterday <laughs> trying to weasel his way and i i completely just cut him off i was like yeah man good to it's a shame we didn't get to meet and it, <laughs> wait, what's what's weird with, with glenn is is like glenn's an actor and a fantastic actor yeah and and he gets drama we all bring different things to what we do yeah and um 
what's what's amazing is if you put me and Glenn in the same room together, yeah. we sometimes do a progress uh, podcast called yeah. the Podcast, and. For, for two lads who've not known each other that long, we've known each other like three and a half, four years, yeah. we are an amazing comedy duo. Right. I've done comedy for 10 years and never <laughs> found someone I'm as funny with as when I'm with him. And, and unfortunately, most of my humour is based around taking the mickey out of him, which yeah. I feel bad about for about 10 minutes. But no, it's the, the fans all being smart to it. It's, it's brilliant because they trust us. So they know that we spend we don't the shows aren't thrown together we spend like 6 7 months we work 6 7 months in advance of knowing where where our plans are going yeah so the stuff you saw at the weekend that was all planned way in advance and the fans trust us so if there's a rea- if there's an outcome of a match they don't really like they tend to go okay i didn't like that outcome but i know it's probably leading somewhere which yeah. is a ma- we can only get with that smarter fan base who know what our deal is and it's the same Completely. with it's the same with other independent companies that are successful like yeah. the one of my favourite independent companies in the world is Pro Wrestling Gorilla yeah. in California in Reseda, California and their fans are exactly the same we get called the British PWG all the time right. yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the, the quality of the wrestling and, and, and all that I mean we, we attract slightly more fans because they, they, they run in a tiny little venue they could easily sell 5,000 tickets and they just go no Brilliant. We're just going to sell 400 tickets and make it a very exclusive little club. Um, So it's it's great having those smart fans. Yeah. Uh, and I'll refer to smart fans quite a lot, so I'm adding it to the glossary. Yeah, yeah. and again, that's just fans who are in on it and, mm. and know what's know that it's all a thing. And again, not to I, I don't want to constantly reference the WWE, but it is more referenceable at this point because of NXT and NXT mm. being so based on indie wrestling. So, um, and it was just a great thing. I think it was after... It was either after a last year's a rumble, yeah, it was after last year's a rumble. Just seeing a quote from Triple H, who's now in charge of NXT and and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, just saying, "What people forget is this is a never ending story. Mm. If there's a result you don't like, it will go somewhere in the end. Something will happen, and that's the thing of it. The fact that it's not a real sport means there's no off seasons. Therefore, it's constantly continuing on. It's this this constantly moving tail." Mm. And, 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 and developing things. So so how's it been? Because it seems to just be so huge in the UK at the moment and you're another term, st- 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 strong style, sh- yep. should come in. That's very much the Japanese style. A New Japan are doing, you know, do a lot of strong style and Japan has always been known for strong style. And that's just, I'll let you explain more. You're kind of hard. It's harder firm, hitting stuff. Yeah. So um, I think every all the, the guys who work for us, no, I mean, we explain to them, we send an email out before their matches and say, look, this is, this is what you need to be aware of, you know, um, if you've never worked for us before. And one of the things we always stress is we're a strong, we, we build a strong style pro wrestling, yeah. which means that, you know, it's less uh, sort of taunting the crowd and doing whatever and a lot more laying it in and, and working hard. And, and everyone gets that. Yeah. Every single guy who works for us <clears throat> and the ladies who work for us as well, they all work ridiculously hard when they work for us because they know our crowd expect a certain standard of wrestling now, which is why the wrestling that we have is always really, really good. The wrestling's one part of the experience. It's it's more than just that. But I'm a massive fan of New Japan. Yeah. So when I was at university, I was really into my Japanese wrestling. So New Japan, All Japan, which was really hot in the, the 90s when I was at uni. And I used to uh, spend ages waiting for tapes to come from America. Yeah. Uh, so six hour long play. I had to have an NTSC video recorder in my bedroom at home, so I could I could watch like Mitsuhiro Masawa and Kenta Kabashi and and wrestlers like that. And that's what I loved when I was really into wrestling in my late teens, early twenties was was that stuff. Yeah. And and it's influenced me since. And 
if I'm going to be part of three people who put on a wrestling company, we all love New Japan. We all love WWE. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I go to most WWE shows yeah, yeah, in yeah, this country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, our Christmas party as a company was going to the NXT Wembley show. <laughs> Fantastic. Because Fantastic. We're, we're fans of it and we've got friends who work for them. So, you know, yeah. I don't see the point of having the attitude of, well, well, I'm going to completely ignore what happens in other companies because we're our company. Nah, we're wrestling fans. That's- we watch wrestling all day. That's what I like about it, and it's the fact that, again, f- f- from the, the Progress Twitter, you were live-tweeting the Royal Rumble that and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I think that's great because <laughs> um, there was briefly an MMA company called Europa MMA, and they didn't really have the foundations, mm. it didn't really work out. But what I liked about them was from the start, they were kind of going off the fact, we want you to come to us and we want you to end up getting signed by the UFC. Yeah. Rather than thinking we want to be the rival of the UFC, we want to be the the the, the UFC number two or whatever, they went, we're in England and we're small and we're fans of the UFC. Every fighter, their goal isn't going to be to not make it to the UFC. And similar with wrestling, most wrestlers, whether they admit it or not, mm. would quite like a break in the WWE coming. <laughs> so it's Absolutely. great to have that openness of like, no, yeah, that's... You should be reaching for that. That's well, a good thing. Well, Triple H, who's obviously the the COO of WWE, yeah. he did a, a press call where he mentioned us. Yeah. So he mentioned uh, other British companies. He mentioned us. He mentioned ICW. He mentioned uh, Rev Pro. Yeah. Um, because if if you want to get signed by WWE, you've got to be amazing everywhere else, whether it's here in Japan, in Europe, <clears throat> in other companies in, in America, you've got to be great before they sign you. Yeah. So... We're quite comfortable knowing that we, we can't sign people to contracts. Yeah. You know, I can't, I, if someone's amazing, I can't say, right, you only work for us. And I'm afraid we only do like two shows a month. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck paying your mortgage. Yeah. You know, they, everyone in this country is an independent contractor. They've got to work for as many people as possible. But yeah. if we can help put them in the shop window, then it makes us look better as a company. It makes the British wrestling scene look better. And everybody wins, you know. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very proud of a lot of stuff to do with us. Like, um, for example, um, Finn Balor yep. had his last match in the UK for us. Oh, really? Which and again, is, he's just... Which is great. And it was a amazing, surprise. We didn't yeah. even tell our fans he was coming. Oh, oh fantastic. Because um, <laughs> we didn't need to. It's, the show had sold out. So yeah. it, um, he had two really... He only ever wrestled for us twice. Yeah. But the amount of times that he chooses on Twitter to accidentally wear our T-shirts and put yeah. us over... He doesn't have to do that. Yeah, he does it because he likes us and, and we got on well with him and we try and have that relationship with everybody because there's every chance, you know, there's six or seven of our guys who who are young enough and talented. Now, everyone who works for us is incredibly talented. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the time what WWE are looking for isn't necessarily just talent. It could be to do with your size, it could be to do with your age. Size, like your age and your look yeah. is, is also... But, yeah, but I think there's, there's so... Everyone we use is talented enough to go all yeah. the way, whether it's here... Um, in the States, in Japan. And that's why we use them. It's it's a really exciting time to be a fan of wrestling in Britain. And don't forget, British wrestling has always been highly thought of. Yeah. You know, you only have to look at um, how Japanese fans view the city of Wigan. Right. Right. Because <laughs> because the snake pit was in Wigan. So right. all the, the famous sort of shooters uh, yeah, yeah, came yeah. through there. Um, there it's it's really weird. We had we had a Japanese fan who was who came to one of our shows who was obsessed with Wigan. And it's like you wanted to say, sit him down and go. You do not. I'm not knocking Wigan, but it is. Yeah. Just, it's a town in Greater Manchester. It's yeah. not. It's not that exciting. It's got a pier, and <laughs> and it was good for Northern Soul. But they like. Yeah. They're obsessed with Wigan because it becomes a mecca because of it. Yeah, because of the the British reputation. I think it's great as well. And uh, uh, and two things on what you've said there. Um, n- n- number one, just want to. 
drill home on the strong style, it's it, it's not the same as just being hardcore or whatever else or being no. of of violence. It's a different thing. So there can be high flying, there can be f- finesse, but there can be crowd working and and mm. character. But when the moves are going in, they're that bit harder. And in illustration, I was watching um, chapter twenty one last night, and it was is it Haskin. Mark Haskins, M- yes. Mark Haskins against um, Osprey, and the, an example for me was ha- Haskins is working a lot of MMA s- submissions into his his style. He, he does do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, he's very good at it. And that was it. It was clear because he'd done a few moves and they looked great. And then he slapped a triangle on, and I looked at it and I was like, "It's loose. It's mm. sloppy." And that's a, a bad thing in wrestling a lot, particularly John Cena gets stick yeah, for yeah. it that you'll put a move on, there'll clearly be loads of room, and the person will be screaming. And just as I thought it sloppy, he adjusted his hip slightly and tightened it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there you go. That's giving that, although he's not actually trying to make him go unconscious and tap him out, he's making sure, no, this is a, a legitimate that if I wanted to squeeze a tiny bit more, it, it would do what it's meant to do. And it's, yeah, it's and got that realness in it. There's, there's so many British, like Zack Sabre Jr. is another great example, yeah. who is, I think has been named Dave Meltzer's best technical wrestler in the world two years right. in a row. Works well, for us when he's here. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's often in Japan uh, and often in, in the States now wrestling for companies like Evolve and, and PWG. And everything he does is built around the fact that he's amazing at submission wrestling. Yeah. So he's got like about 900 different ways he can put you in an armbar. Yeah. And all of them look tremendously painful. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. it's the legitimacy of just him occasionally just shifting his weight and making the move look so much more painful. And what's great about our fans is they'll sit there and go, oh, that's an armbar, okay. And then just one little thing to make the move worse and to get such a visceral reaction out of it. Yeah. Partly it's because we're a smaller show. There's yeah. 700 people there. If you're in an arena watching WWE, yeah. it's harder to get across you bending back on one more finger yeah, yeah, of course. than it's it is in what we do. Yeah. But the the reaction that you get for... Um, a, 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 com- a common strong style trope is to is to have variations of your finisher. Yeah. So it's you know you've got um, you've got three different versions of your suplex and stuff yeah. like that, and, and a lot of the guys who work for us employ that. Going back to your point about the hardcore stuff, occasionally we'll have hardcore stuff on our show. Yeah. Occasionally we'll have comedy on our show because you've got to have something of everything. Yeah. There's no point if every match was a singles match with a guy in black trunks uh, kicking the living daylights out of another one. Yeah. It it wouldn't be entertaining. You've got to have high flying, you've got to have the submission stuff, you've got to have the technical stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's good to have in British style, it's good to have in American style. And I think we're we're good at, at providing that mix because you don't want the crowd getting bored. You've got seven matches. I mean, you were probably at our show for like four hours by the yeah. time it's all yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you want it to be as entertaining as possible. And it's giving all that stuff. But if you're gonna do a hardcore match, don't do them in every single match. Because I just I think people get bored and that's what i liked was at the event i came to which was chapter 25 25 yes and um it was great but there was hardly any gimmick matches and and gimmick Mm. to people not in the terms will will make it sound like it's an insult but you know it's generally a gimmick matches when there's some tools or some toys in there absolutely um and there there wasn't any and then on watching chapter 21 last night Paul Robinson and Jimmy Havoc would that was one of the genuinely one of the best hardcore matches it was tremendous I've seen they were absolutely and again it was that thing of it wasn't just your Sabu or or or, or Foley in Japan kind of let's see how crazy we can go mm. it was creative and genuinely there were points where you are like oh damn that's horrible but it was clever and creative it wasn't just look I'm gonna sm- smack him with something that's gonna genuinely hurt him but also as well <laughs> the the end of that match is my big problem with with any hardcore matches is especially in, on the independents in WWE I think they've got it right because if you've been through a developmental system at WWE yeah. you know 
that if you get hit with a chair, you sell that because that's yeah. the end of it. Because if yeah. you if you keep popping up after that, then no one else can use a chair. No yeah. one else can use it as a significant weapon. Exactly. The problem with independent wrestling sometimes is, is like you mentioned before, is selling. So you can't be tombstone three times and then pop straight back up and yeah. move. You can't do that. That's not allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with hardcore matches. The 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 amount of hardcore matches I've watched in this country, in Japan, in America, where you've got tons and tons of weapons used and it's not realistic. That hardcore match between Paul Robinson and Jimmy Havoc, I'm not going to give it, because I want people to watch yeah. it, but I'm not going to give the finish away, but the finish of that, you are not getting up from that. No, no one is getting up from it. Yeah. And it shocked, it shocked, I don't know, I didn't know what the finish of the match was. Yeah. So it shocked me, it shocked 700 people in attendance. Every time someone's watched that, they've gone... Oh God! And yeah, that's hell of a yeah. That's what you if you're going to do something hardcore, make it mean something. And I think it it did in that match, and it did it did a great job of of doing something with both those guys' characters after the run they'd had over the yeah. previous two years. So it everything there meant something. There's no reason just throwing it, throwing in a gimmick match for the sake of throwing it in. But I think in the main, most independent promotions now get it right. There was definitely a point in the in the the late nineties when the, the the WWE Attitude Era was on. Where yeah. Every match, someone went through a table in every single match. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, there's no need for that. And and again, on uh, it's something that you mentioned the WWE get it right. They didn't always. There was an era of of no selling as well. Mm. You'd have a Batista or even Stone Cold at points where you'd take a lot of bad moves, and then at the end, you you fit as a fiddle, yeah, having a beer and, and relaxing. Plus so the the I I initially. I, I loved wrestling when I was a kid. I remember watching British wrestling with my gran when I was yeah. a kid growing up in Leicester. And then I liked WWE from about the age of about 9 or 10 to about 13. And the reason I stopped liking wrestling for a few years mm-hmm. was because of The Undertaker. Now, I love The Undertaker now and I yeah. appreciate his yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time, I just remember watching him sitting up in matches and thinking, that's not right. Yeah. And then I remember a specific line of commentary that Vince McMahon, <laughs> who no one knew owned WWE at the time, yeah. Uh, was the commentator, and he said this line, and I remember switching the telly off after it and going, I'm not watching wrestling again. He he said this line, he went, we're not entirely sure if it, we're not entirely sure if The Undertaker is alive or dead. And I remember just switching the telly off and going, nah, no, And not then, and then I came it. back to it yeah. when I was flicking through Sky one day and I saw the man I've got tattooed on my arm there. I saw, Mr Foley. I saw Mick Foley being thrown off the cage, literally just flicking through Sky, and I went, oh, hang on a minute. And then I and then I was in my first year at university. I just went back to tape trading and, and being yeah. obsessed with wrestling. But it's you know even then Mick Foley, who I now count as a friend because I've, I've supported him doing stand up. Yeah, it's but, amazing. Uh, but it's it's like he still got up after being thrown off a cage. You yeah. shouldn't get up. Yeah, you shouldn't get back up. <laughs> um, just I mean uh, we mentioned uh, Paul Robinson briefly there, and I need mm. to to kind of I'm can't decide if I'm biased because he comes out to my music so it's obviously going to have me on side but mm. we've mentioned healing as well i think just watching his heel work was was was, was something and again i liked i get over analytical on wrestling i like mm. to really it's break to it down like and see what's good but what i liked about him was his heel work and i think mm. the top of the game at the moment is kevin owens who will Absolutely. who will heal like no other and he's so popular but because he's meant to be the bad guy he'll still be horrible and it's one of the things that's, that's, that struck me in that match with Paul Robinson and at the at the one at the weekend um, was in that match, he did a few moves and the crowd started to really get on his side hmm. and he instantly spat at them and swore at them and told them to fuck, like rather than, and again, it's such a tough thing because a lot of heels in the bigger, in WWE or, or whatever else, you'll be the bad guy, but 
you get in the chair and you kind of like it. He mm. he sticks in that character. And I said, I met him before and was the nicest guy, but <laughs> that as soon as he came through that curtain, man, he was a ho- horrible, horrible individual. You've, you've got to bear in mind as well, it's it's hard for a wrestler like Paul to be a bad guy. Yeah. Because Paul is he's very small. Yeah. He only weighs 140 pounds. I think he's only maybe five foot five. Yeah. So... It's a, no one normally would make someone that small a bad guy. Yeah, That's, it it's, took a, it's traditionally your baby face because they have to they've got adversity to yeah, overcome from the start. Yeah. yeah, and and with Paul, we had to work very hard to cement him as a bad guy, but yeah. we did a very good job of it. Yeah. And he's now, you know, he's absolutely hates he's, ter- he's terrifying. When yeah. I have to stand in the ring doing ring announcing, and he gets in the ring, it's like I'm genuinely frightened of him. Yeah, um, and. And you were talking about Kevin Owens. A great example. Kevin Owens, there's a video on YouTube of the 4,000 moves of Kevin Owens. He yeah. can do hundreds and hundreds of different moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem is if you're busting out shooting star presses and moonsaults and exciting stuff, yeah. you will get over as a good guy yeah. because people will be excited to see you. Paul is one of the best high flyers in the country. Yeah. He's tremendous. Really? doesn't do any of that when he's working for us because yeah. he's a bad guy. That's um, fascinating. Kevin Owens, there's a great example of Kevin Owens. But You know when they did the, the WWE show in Japan? Yeah. And Kevin Owens was getting a, a similar reaction to, to Finn Balor. Yeah. So when they did the, the flower presenting, yeah. and he threw the flowers down the aisle, which is really disrespectful yeah, in Japan. Yeah. And it's hard to get booed properly in Japan, and they were like, oh, okay. And then there was a point in that match, it might have been in that match or another match, where he um, he looks like he's going to do something exciting and just puts on a chin lock. And yeah. that is, <laughs> it's like, oh, you are... I, I love Kevin Owens. Yeah. And, um, and he's, he's... My wife, who's not massively into wrestling, my wife watches him and she's like, I just, he's so believable. Yeah. His his dedication on Twitter and everything, his Twitter is one of my favourite things to follow because fans will tweet him and he will just destroy them and say (laughs) the most offensive things about the photo of their child and just all sorts of stuff. (laughs) Yet you do see him in a genuine interview and he's one of the most nicest guys and just, I remember seeing, I can't remember which interview or which podcast it was, but just him talking about his love for um for for Owen Hart yeah. and and things like that just the nicest softest most pleasant guy yet he works his bad guy angle strong and really see, goes to town on it it's 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 easy enough to be a generic bad guy to yeah. be a memorable bad guy is you know you pause Paul Robinson for us is a great example Jimmy Havoc um for us over the past 2 years has been a great example yeah. because the problem with having smart wrestling fans is that it, like, like for me if I go and watch a WWE show I, yeah. I like the heels I like yeah. bad guys yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be one of those people who stands there and cheers really loudly for Kevin Owens because I also appreciate if I go and watch wrestling there's probably kids there and they're gonna wonder why a grown man is cheering for the man they yeah, hate I'm just yeah. gonna sit there and I'm gonna enjoy it in my own way yeah. but I think that it's it's really difficult to make independent wrestling fans like or dislike who you would like them to like or dislike in your storylines that you're yeah, in. Completely. That is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Um we have a, a a pretty good record of most of the time getting it right. Yeah. Um but at the minute, you know, um and a spoiler alert if, if anyone wants to go back and watch our show from last weekend, we have a new champion. Our champion yeah. is a heel, Marty Skill. But some people really like him because he's really talented. Yeah. So some people are cheering him. Um the the challenge for us is 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 working with what the fan reaction is to him and making sure that we get it right going forwards. Um, but he, you know, I think his nickname's the villain for a reason. He's really good at being that old school type villain. And again, he, he heals really well. To, to reference again, chapter 
21 because I watched it last night. In that, he's fighting Chris Travis, who at that point had just overcome cancer mm. and was, was fighting for the first time. And it was genuinely an emotional thing. At the start, they had a hug and there was tears and everyone was really in there. And again, spoilers, but it's all available yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. To, yeah. to watch. And we'll get into that and plug that. We'll plug the hell out of that in the tr- a traditional <laughs> network 999 manner. Um, <laughs> but it, it was really emotional. And at the end, they 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 have a little handshake. And then Skrull just turns on him and beats him up. And again, it's like, that's dedication to, mm. to Hill. And you're beating up the guy that everyone knows has just got over cancer. And, and it's like, it's the ultimate... I know, and it, and 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 sadly, and that ended up being Chris's last ever match because yeah. Chris uh, he had a, a recurrence of his cancer, yeah. and now he's had to retire. And um, to take fans on that on that journey of hooray, Chris is back because everyone loved Chris, and Chris yeah. is a very good friend of mine. So everyone's like, yeah, Chris is here, and everyone was well, really emotional about it. Was just it. insane. Oh, it was the reaction wonderful. was wonderful, and I I was in sharp. tears in the yeah, ring, yeah. and have that, and then them both have a really good match, um, and then have that at the end. So everyone's been through a proper journey there, yeah, and. There's two ways of presenting independent wrestling. One way is to to try and do stuff like that. That's a very extreme example because it's very extreme emotions. But yeah. ideally, every match that we put on should have its place on the card, should be able to take the fans on, on some kind of journey and establish something else going forward. And it all sort of, it's like a big flow diagram, everything that we do. Yeah. There's two ways of doing it. You can do it like we do, and a lot of companies do it like we do. Or you can just go, we're an independent company, here's some dream matches, which is how other companies do it. And, yeah. and that is... That's a perfectly acceptable way of doing it. It's not the way we choose to do it, which is one of the reasons why most of our roster is British, because we want to be able to call on them every time. And that's what's good, because it allows you to tell stories Mm. and build that relationship with the fan base. It's not just, here's some matches at the top. We've got a few people who you know from, from, used to be in the WWE or used to be here or used to be there, but but we've only got them for one match. So Mm -hmm. number one, even if they're very professional, there's nothing to say they're going to put their... they're all into it because they're here for one match. Yeah. So, so why? And number two, why would you get invested in that? Because that person hasn't been there week in week out. You've not seen the build and the mm. and the story. Um, why do you think it's so strong, or wrestling is so st- st- strong in the UK at the moment? Because TNA, it feels like is is holding on l- partly because of the the UK TV deals mm-hmm. and the UK support. NXT came over and saw huge support do you think it's down to kind of because of in america you've got the wwe and now nxt and the performance center do you think it's because the territories are gone you can't work the territories to get good enough to be in the wwe yet you can work the uk and japan Mm. to get that experience before the big stage i think the the UK and I'm going to I'm going to include Europe in with the UK yeah, because sure, there's, there's great sure. companies like WXW in Germany yeah. <clears throat> who are fantastic yeah um, so I think after America's the, the the clearly the place to be yeah after that is Japan and then there's Europe and and we're and Britain are at the forefront of everything in Europe it's kind of it's mainly Britain and Germany yeah and I think you're right there's no territory to learn your stuff now you look a great example of of the pull of british wrestling at the minute is tomaso champa who yep. is a wonderful young man who is works for nxt yep. so has a, a an nxt contract still works the independence and came over here for he, he did three matches for us at the back end of last year yeah and they're all great matches he wanted to work here he wanted to work here because he likes working in britain and it's nothing to do, he's not over here because he's earning tons and tons of money he's not he's still an independent wrestler but he wanted to work here 
because he will get a great quality of matches mm-hmm. out of you know fantastically talented wrestlers and in front of really really hot crowds. Yeah, I went to the NXT show in Blackpool. I went to the one in Wembley. I went to the one in Blackpool as well, and it was amazing. It was brilliant because it was, it was William Regal, who's a good friend. It was yeah. his, his homecoming, and, and that was really beautiful. Amazing. But the crowd was so loud and so amazing. And I was sat with a lady who worked for WWE, and she said, this, this, this atmosphere is amazing. I went, well, NXT's atmospheres are amazing at, at full sail. And, like, yeah. and she went, it's yeah. not like this, though, is it? But to me, I was oh, like, wow. this is a normal British fan reaction. Yeah. Because yeah. our crowds, if you go to the TNA tour this weekend, the crowds will be loud. Yeah. If you go to watch Raw, the crowds are always, always loud. Our fans, I, um, I think some of it is... Certainly, like you are, if you live in the States, say you live in New York, you're going to get, what, five or six Madison Square Garden WWE shows a year? Yeah. You don't have to go to all of those. No, no, no. And with here, there's the no, there's still a novelty factor of when the American companies come here. But then the American companies come here and the crowd will be, like, for example, if you went to the NXT show at Wembley, like me and, me and John and Glenn were walking around going, look how many of our shirts are here. Because it's yeah. it's hard. It's the town that we run from, yeah. and it would have been the same if you were, if you, like when we went to the Blackpool show. There was lots of PCW press yeah. uh, company. There was lots of their shirts there, and we're walking around going, "This is amazing! It's like a walking advert for us." And it was because there were fans there who'd never seen any independent wrestling, but like NXT, so they were watching that, and then they were seeing T-shirts and going, "Oh, maybe I'll look progress up." So we had yeah. people look us up that way. Yeah, it's great. a really weird thing where if you go to if you take your kids to a WWE show, there's going to be a point where they go, "I like wrestling enough to go and watch other stuff." Yeah. And independent fans in this country are so enthusiastic. Whatever your chosen independent company is, yeah. you will talk fans of, of just only like WWE or TNA, you'll talk them into coming to your shows yeah. and then they'll become fans. People support us like they support a football team. Yeah, completely. Which is, is we've got, like there's, there's I think there's about 10 fans now who've got progress tattoos. Yeah, that's crazy. I haven't got one yet. I'm covered in tattoos. I haven't got and, one yet. And, and, it's nuts. And that was, was one of the things that, that struck me bizarrely. I was, I was talking to my mum about it last night. <laughs> and, and, and the reason I was saying it was the crowd, and let's talk about the crowd, it, it reminded me of, of, of Millwall games. And I've been mm. going to Millwall since I was a kid. And Millwall get a bad rap for being violent and whatever else. And we do have a history of that. So that's fine. But it's, it's moved on from now. But what has remained is a loud crowd. Mm-hmm but also a crowd who are witty and will make things up on the fly. And that's what struck me at Progress, was there was chants that were starting that I know have never been chanted before for that mm-hmm. wrestler at that point, because something in particular has happened, and it's a small enough room for one person to think of something funny, start that chant, well, and it to spread. They crack me up all the time. There was one There was one point at the weekend where I talked to... I'm a Leicester supporter, and I referenced the fact that Leicester are top of the Premier League. Yeah. I'm married to my dream woman. I somehow own a wrestling company that's doing pretty well. Uh, and I'm a comedian, so that's my dream job. Yeah. So, and, and I said, none of this is real. I live in the Matrix. And one person started a chant that 700 people caught on to, which was, we're all numbers, which is so <laughs> niche. And, and I couldn't stop laughing. And yeah. they've done another one before where we had a comedy match with a, an excellent wrestler who goes to watch football with me from time to time called Madman Manson, who, who was a comedy wrestler. Yeah. And he's he's having a, a match against uh, a very serious wrestler called Michael Gilbert, and and he's having this match and he's putting his people are, ch- are chanting at him reverse it, and he's he, he shouts to the crowd, I don't know any reversals, <laughs> so they because a lot of the and, and we're a comfortably nerdy crowd yeah. Someone starts chanting, press R2, which is how you reverse in video games. <laughs> so, and you're watching that going, oh man, that's really funny. What's, what's amazing is when, um, I, I love my football and, yeah. and I, 
I think I mentioned this to you at the weekend. I occasionally go and watch uh, a non-league team, Essex Senior League team, yep. called Clapton. Yeah. And they've got um, maybe three, four hundred fans uh, called the Clapton Ultras. Yeah. And they're they're very left wing, and they chant amazing stuff at football. I'd never yeah. seen it before. I went there for my blog a couple of years ago, and they're they're fantastic people. And plus, we've been to places like me, John, and Glenn have all been to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. And we've watched we've watched how their fans in Germany coordinate everything because that's the ultras culture. People think that ultras are hooligans and they're not ultras are very very enthusiastic as a leicester supporter this year one of the reasons our crowd is so um the atmosphere is so good is because we've got a small band of lads who've been to watch football in germany and gone are we going to follow this ultras culture and try and organize big displays and big crowd interaction and it makes it awesome so one of the things that we started doing a little while ago is WWE have their universe and I started calling our crowd ultras and it started as a as a joke yeah and then it latched onto them going no but we are and and, you know, you've got people who, who put it in their Twitter signature, like hashtag Progress Ultra, and it's like, oh. And it, it's just that level of enthusiasm. Yeah. There's people who who are so enthusiastic to come in for our shows that it, it's... I'll be honest, when when we've got a show, I don't sleep for a week coming up to the show because I get nervous about everything to do yeah. with it. And I look forward to the shows so much, but it's nothing compared to what some of the fans do. When they're outside on Camden High Street queuing at 11 in the morning... And the queue in, was all the way up the <laughs> high street. Insane. It's insane. And I always the following is massive. I always go out to say hello because I feel, especially when it's a cold day, I feel a bit bad that they're yeah. that early. We always say to them, you don't have to queue, and, but it's a part of, now it's part of the experience. Yeah. Our fans are self-policing as well. I have a, I have a rule, which is don't be a dick. Yeah, the perfect rule. And, yeah. and I, I think it's quite beautiful in that only, only very, very rarely will we have someone... Step out of line. Now yeah. I'm I'm a I'm used to being an MC at comedy clubs. So I'm used to dealing with drunk people. Yeah. And I, sometimes I'll step in and go if I see someone misbehaving, I'll go, "Oi, stop that!" And they'll stop straight away. We had um we've only ever had a couple of women's matches on our main shows, and we had one in our two day tournament, mm-hmm. chapter nineteen in May, and someone shouted something transphobic at right. one of the at one of the female wrestlers. Now. One of the main reasons we've not had many women's matches is I worry massively about women. Women should not be portrayed as titillation in wrestling, yeah. in the same as they're, they're not in UFC. Yeah. Now Ronda Rousey has never been portrayed that way. No, exactly. No. And I wanted it to be that people you're booked on our show whether you're male or female because you're good enough. Yeah. And and you saw a women's match at the weekend and they're all four of them great, all really good. It was fantastic. It's it's one of the things I mentioned and and not to interrupt or go off mm. target but just it's one of the things that's that's stuck with me. There was a th- a, a double submission and then a triple submission yeah, in that ridiculous. match that I've never seen anything like it. And genuinely, again, the thing that was great was it all worked and was within the realms of reality. It wasn't one of them where Sometimes it will take 10 minutes to to set up this particular mm-hmm. move because someone, for no reason, is climbing on top of the other one's shoulders and yeah. putting themselves in unusual positions. But this was genuinely two people were going for a move, then one interrupted and turned it into a double submission, and then that was and that was enough. That was, I was like, wow. Yeah. And, and then when it turned into a, tri- a, a triple. So it really illustrated how the women are being as creative, if not more, but, but because of exactly that, I guess, that need to impress and that, that feeling that, right, we... We need to prove that we're here on our own merit, not not for anything else. Well, that's the thing is, is you look at, <clears throat> I mean, what, what happened with this 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 guy who shouted something transphobic? Yeah, literally seven hundred people, six hundred ninety nine people turned on him, chanted, "Don't be a dick at him." Yeah, he apologised. Brilliant, and they got on with it. Yeah, and I was like, great. I was like, oh, that's why our fans are great because they've learnt. But also, if you're brand new, if you go to the amount of people have said to me, "I've been to a show on my own, and I didn't know anybody, and I was worried, and now I've got six hundred new friends." Yeah, that's what they're like, which is. 
is a bit like being at a football match. It's yeah. exactly because I'm a football fan and I'm a punk fan. Yeah. I want it to feel like that, and it and it does. And, and part it's, of my job is is helping with that atmosphere. It's like being at a football match, but the enemy is paid to be there to be the enemy. <laughs> so, so I went to Millwall South End over Christmas, and it was some of the funniest chants I've ever heard because they were really, it was small enough to really single out individuals. And at mm. the front of the South End fans who were being all airy, there was a, a lad that looked a, a quite young and they started with, you're only here because it's half term here. Cause it, and started that and then, have you ever had a beer? How, and then, but the one that got me, because it's just so odd and I just started chanting at this one guy He's got a selfie stick. He's got a <laughs> selfie stick. Just, just, just singling out these individuals. Which again, there's a harshness there because you're picking on someone who's just there for a game. But the beauty of of, of progress is mm. that they can be that creative and that horrible, really. But it's to people who are there to. You I know. mean, there's there's sometimes where I think it, it's quite easy to be be a heel in our company because you can just go, oh, the fans are just after attention for themselves. Yeah. But everyone wants to work in front of our crowd. That's why we have people sort of emailing us and going, hey, can I come and wrestle for you? Which is, we don't have to seek people out. Um, You know, the, the few occasions that we've used imports, yeah. there have been people who've been wanting to work for us. Tommaso Ciampa, I mentioned before, worked for us once. And, you know, if we could have him all the time, we, he would work for us all the yeah. time. He, he liked doing it. Adam Cole, who's a tremendous independent wrestler from America, he's wrestled for us twice. The first time he wrestled for us, he happened to have a day off and he rang us up and went... <laughs> Can I, I've heard good things. Can I come and wrestle for you? Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> You're one of the. We thought it was a wind up for quite some time, yeah. but the that's amazing. The, the crowd, and, and what was is fun is like when we moved. We started at the garage in Islington, yeah, and that was 350 people, and we used to sell out really quickly. And we were like, oh, we need a bigger venue, so we moved, and we moved to the electric ballroom. And my initial concern, as as ringmaster, as it were, was I really hope the atmosphere is as good and yeah. it, it's better, yeah. which is. A relief, and it's 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 selling out constantly. Like yeah. again, the 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 sixteen min- are selling out a seven hundred and fifty cap venue in sixteen minutes. Is it? And yeah, I think we they've been quicker ones longer. You know, well, it's it's, what's what's weird is is we used to get really hung up on how quick we sold out because yeah. it's gradually getting quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah. It's now slightly more complicated because people actively don't even try and buy tickets because they think it's sold out. Assume it's going to be um, sold out. So. And also, we've got <laughs> we've got season ticket holders now. Amazing. So. We we put it so if you wanted to come to every single show and guarantee a ticket for every single London show, then you could. And um, we put them on sale. And, and between me, John, and Glenn, we were like, we'll maybe sell thirty of them. It's quite yeah. a bit of money. We don't want to. And we're very keen. We don't we don't like having to charge a lot of money for stuff. And it's yeah. a lot of money, you know. Uh, and we sold two hundred and fifty of them. That's amazing. Which is is absolutely insane. And now we we run in Manchester as well. Again, when we started running at the Ritz in Manchester, we were like. Okay, I hope the atmosphere is as good. Yeah, the atmosphere is great. And the atmosphere, it, it doesn't seem to be diminishing. When we went and we did the... We've done Sonosphere and Download over the last yeah. couple of years. When we did Download last year... Now, I'd done stand-up at Download eight years in a row, uh, and I'm, I'm used to performing there, but I also know that festival crowds aren't always... Not everyone's there to see you. No. It's not like if you're doing a, if you're doing a show yourself... Yep, uh, they're all your fans. They're all yours. A festival like Download as, as well, though, where it's going to be a lot of hardcore metal fans. Mm-hmm. They're the type of fans that enjoy having their say or having their input if they're not into something. It's the traditional throwing a cups of piss at a stage type... type. That was vibe. what I was terrified of at Download. Yeah. And... Uh, we did our first show when on the on the sort of the Wednesday I think when it's not that busy. When we started getting into the groove of it, 
we got 4,000 people watching us and they're all chanting this is progress. They're all getting on board with what we do, even if they don't necessarily get wrestling, they don't necessarily get all our backstories and stuff like that. They were really into what we did. And it's it's crazy. I'd I'd love, I wish, all the time, I wish I could bottle the enthusiasm that our fans have for what we do and apply it to my comedy career and stuff like that because my life would be vastly different. You know what, though? I, one of the things I was concerned was if it would come across on on, on the streamings. And mm. again, we will get to that because I think if you can't make it to a show, there's still you can still watch a lot of shows mm. and that's the beauty of independent companies having the internet at of their course. disposal. But one of the things that... So keeping that atmosphere and passion was important. And the two things I think that work really are well there that I want to discuss because I'm sure they're conscious things was number one putting them on in rock venues in, in mm. gig venues not in a, a theatre or a, a town hall or anything like that or a in, leisure centre in, yeah, in, yeah. In, in rock venues number two as you touched upon earlier making it affordable to come to if you want to like at, at the minimum rate affordable to get in but also there's tons of good merch and stuff like that if you want to spend more mm. so and that's the kind of I think is I think that's a really good business model across the board in music and everything else. If you can, if if the people who can't afford much can get to the show, then that's great. And then where you can potentially add to that and add to profits is go right. We've got a strong star T shirt that's that's like the black f- a flag thing with the chairs yes. and things like that. Yes. Just some some really good looking stuff. Then it allows you to not worry too much about the profit on your on your tickets because there's other other avenues and revenues and it allows as said any it, it makes it that bit, bit bit more accessible so what was the thinking behind the venues and all of that um it was when we first started the company um it was just me and john to start with because john used to be my agent yeah we were sat at the edinburgh uh, we sat at the fringe in edinburgh in 2011 yeah watching pwg in our flat one night yeah <clears throat> and john just said oh we should run wrestling and i went and he went, no, no, we should, we should do it in London because no one ever does. Because it was always a, a, a slight joke that no one ever runs wrestling yeah. in central London. It's all, all around the M25. Yeah. So it's all in Essex and Kent and Surrey. And yeah. But yeah. it's very rare you'd see shows in central London. You'd see the odd show at York Hall, but not, not loads else. Yeah. And I went, all right, whatever. And we went and looked. Uh, he was dead keen on the idea. And he said, look, let's go and look at some venues. And we went to look at various venues. And we went to like Bethnal Green Boys Club and, and, and places like that. And then we started looking at music venues and we thought, hang on, this is really, this is really good. Cause also it, it, firstly from a, a cost point of view, you don't have to pay to bring a sound system in, which is really handy. Yeah, that's great. But they are darker and dingier and they fit our adult orientated product yeah. better. So when we started running the garage, it was like, yeah, fine. And it was the same when, you know, when we, we got asked to move to Manchester because the Ritz asked us if we'd like to go to Manchester. It's like, yeah, cause it's a really good music venue. Yeah. Same with the electric ballroom, but they fit. Mm-hmm. Also it fits, we're very proud of, of our sort of punk ethos. Yeah. And I think if we were in a leisure centre and it was brightly lit, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be right. But there's something amazing about... And the Ritz is a, is, oh, is a great one. We, we, uh, we played the reopening of it, bizarrely. Like when oh. it closed down for all refurbishment, mm. or it, it closed down actually, I think, because it had just gone out of business yeah. and then they refurbished it and, and bought it back. And it was, was one of them when I don't think we were even touring particularly at the time. And they were like, but can you come down and... and it was like... Well, yeah, in that like for that we'll come and do it. But yeah, it's such, just just such a good. It's got a lot of an old look, but they've kept the griminess. They've kept the well, it's, the, it's the attitude. It's like when people keep saying to us, well, "You need to do a bigger show," and we are in September. We're doing the Brixton Academy. Yeah, and and when it's we amazing, were looking at right? we were looking at venues and we're like, 
Unless please, let's do the Brixton Academy because it, it fits in with. If you look at you look at our crowd, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying every single person who comes to a progress show is massively into either punk or metal music. Yeah, but I'm willing to wager that at least eighty percent are. It's just it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes. there's a lot of black t-shirts. There's a lot of black t-shirts. Let's, and let's say that there's a lot of black t-shirts and and, 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 it, and the, it, the, it fits. The guys at the start who came out to Andrew WK party hard. Yeah couldn't have been a better fit for just the vibe and the crowd and it was, as soon as that dropped i was like this is a perfect wrestling walkout song for this this kind of vibe the and weird crowd. thing is i could see you from i was stood in the ring and i was because it was your first show <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i'm like i really want him to like it <laughs> and i and i looked and i could see you and your mates and you had a big smile on your face i'm like oh good and the, the best thing is <laughs> fsu mark andrews and eddie dennis come out to that yeah and there's there's something great about having that sound system in because if you imagine, if we came out to just a couple of little... People came out to tinny music on a yeah. couple of speakers. Your entrance as a wrestler is a massive big deal. Yeah, yeah. If you come out to amazing music yeah. and and good lighting and everything like that, the, you know, we're an independent company. We've not got thousands and thousands of pounds to spend on production. But a good sound system, good music, and you come out... The reaction to when Party Hard plays yeah. is crazy. Everyone, everyone just goes, goes nuts. Mental. Everyone just gets into it. Uh, it's wonderful. But yeah, and, and it, again... You're right, and uh, so why do you think for so long there wasn't any wrestling in London? Because as you said, like you've got PW in Kent, and you've like just going all the way up to Scotland with ICW, and just so many different things. But in London, there just just hasn't been for so long. Is it because of there's so many other things to do? And again, that a Madison Square Garden effect kind of thing of of you can see four or five wrestling events here a year, therefore it might lose the appeal, but I don't know. In London, there's so much going on. There's comedy, there's theatre, mm. there's gigs constantly. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you look, you're competing with everything. You are you are competing with every other form of entertainment, in London, yeah. which is yeah. why it's hard. Yeah, of course. But, you know, for you want to come to one of our shows, the most expensive ticket for one of our shows is 25 quid. That's amazing. Now, if you think, I don't know how much it costs to go into the cinema in London now, yeah. but it's quite expensive. Yeah. So... And, and you're getting live I, I, entertainment. I, I went to the like next door to where we're recording this. This yeah. now I went to see this 70 millimeter version of of, of Hateful Eight because mm. it was the only cinema in all of the all of England that was was showing it, and mm. it was an amazing presentation, great seats, but it was 25 pounds a ticket. Yeah. And and I, you know I'm not knocking any of the. I mean a lot of the comedy clubs I work in, especially at weekends, are yeah. 25 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I'm I'm biased towards comedy. I like to think most of the time people are going to go and enjoy themselves, yeah. but you're seeing. You're seeing me and three other comics. Yeah, yeah. You know, for that sort of money to, to go and watch wrestling, I think is is amazing. And and now it's like you say, IPW run out in, in, in Kenton and around the M25. A company called Southside run inside the M25. FPW run in, in Croydon and places like that. Yeah. But there was a period up until we started and, and Rev Pro started running York Hall that was very little in London, and there was some about four or five years ago. And I just think it was if people see a company doing well and then it tails off people are put off and go oh it clearly it doesn't work yeah. well, no it's just and, but the, the, you have to always be mindful that wrestling is cyclical like you, it, there's every every reason to suggest at the minute the UK scene is really hot it yeah. could just not be all of a sudden yeah. you've yeah. got to be mindful of you know it could just stop I hope it doesn't and on, I, we're going to work as hard as we can to make sure it does I was going to say on 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 the booking side of things then how much does that come into it and again the booking is 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 the looking ahead and, the and planning ahead it's it's, yeah. it's the writing how does that come in because if you've got someone who's really hot for example i said i've now become obsessed with will osprey it just <laughs> just and it was terrible because he's the first i met him outside with paul and was kind of 
all right, do you wrestle then? Just, just, <laughs> just kind of like, all right, you're, and then afterwards, like, this, again, the kid's amazing. So, but you've had him as champ, he's been building, he lost it. Mm-hmm. So is it that constant thing of, right, we need to be planning? Because it can be cyclical, and I think that can at times be because you might have two or three people who are, are making a scene great, but the fact is the aim is always for them to leave. That's always the aim. So do you kind of, are you really conscious of planning who's taking these spots and building people under the top? We're always, we're always conscious of making sure that the next few months, everyone goes away from every show going, well, that was entertaining and interesting. And there's something that makes me want to come back. Yeah. You've got to have that in every single show. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting with, with someone like Will, Will is 22 years old. That's insane. And one of the most unbelievably, ridiculously talented human beings I've yeah. ever met. And not only that, lovely to work with. Yeah. Um, just, you know, if you give him instructions, he listens to them to, to the letter and does exactly what he needs to do. He is a, a tremendous kid. But you always have to work towards... If you put all your eggs in one basket, which you can... Certainly people have done in the past. If you've got a good thing, you're going to latch onto it. Great example of this would be late 1980s WWE and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Everything was based around Hulk Hogan, to the detriment of pretty much everything else. Yeah. Because when Hulk Hogan was no longer good news, they had a very fallow period for three or four years, mid-90s, where they didn't really have anybody of his stature. There's there's people that I remember fondly, like Bret Hart, who was a fantastic wrestler, but didn't make a load of money. Not like Hulk Hogan did. Or there were great intercontinental champs, and there wasn't initially a great... Heavyweight champ. And, there and, was people, as there, there was Brett, there was Mr. Perfect, all of these, and then suddenly it was like Hulk's gone. They now need to be the champ champs, and it's, well, it's that's a tough one. And it took until Steve Austin came along again, and they'd found lightning in a bottle again. And, yeah. and so, from our point of view, it's like you can't always put all your eggs in one basket. You can't. We, I like to think we're behind everyone who works for us. Yeah. Um, if any of the guys who work for us have got an idea, we encourage them to come to us, and we'll work with it as we can. But between the three of us, and it's quite handy that there's three of us. If it's one person writing a story, you can get hung up on wanting one thing to work. Yeah. A, a great example of this would be how people perceive Vince McMahon like certain people in WWE. Yeah. I'm sure that's not the case, but that's how people perceive it. It was a scene for a long time that Vince likes the bodybuilder look. You yeah. have to be a big muscly guy to of succeed course. in WWE. And again, there's going to be variation, and particularly now with Triple H having more control mm. there, but that was the traditional you of can't course. get over unless you're Yeah, And, and that from big. our point of view, because there's three of us, and all three of us are better at different things. So the three of us have got our strengths and we all keep each other in check. If one of us comes up with a really dumb idea, yeah. the other two will tell him to shut up, yeah, which perfect. is amazing. And yeah. we, with, with, with all three of us are good friends. And it means that when we get together and have booking meetings, which tend to happen via Skype because I live in North Wales, so yeah. we'll, we'll get down, we'll sit down, have a booking meeting. It will last four or five hours. We'll hammer out the next couple of months and we'll get together in three weeks' time. We'll do it again. And we're always working to that and we're always trying to be reactive to stuff. So if something isn't working, we can change it. If something, if someone is all of a sudden massively getting popular for, for the littlest things, yeah. you want to try and, and accentuate that as best as you can. We are not perfect. We still have only been doing this for four years. Yeah. You know, I ha- none of us have any experience of doing anything with wrestling until four years ago. Our first ever show... Colt Cabana was on it. Yeah. Um, and Legend. He, he is he is a wonderful human being. And and, and I just want to just get a, a quick plug. I recommend his podcast oh, as wonderful. well. He's got a fantastic Great. podcast. And his, um, if, I mean, this will be coming out in a couple of weeks, but also I don't know if he's doing Edinburgh this year. But when he does he, his Edinburgh show where it's him and, um, and Brenda, Brenda Burns, Burns yeah. just watching 
r- r- wrestling on his laptop essentially but it's I, one I of the it. funniest things I've ever been to it slayed me I did it I did yeah. it last year and and they're Fantastic. both my friends and it's like this is, this is the most this fun is ever. great fun yeah but um but yeah Colt did our first ever show yeah. and he's sat backstage with us and he goes um guys I just need to tell you something we're like okay he says you've written out here like a running order of how everyone's going to come out their entrances yeah, yeah. but you've, you've always got you've got the good guys coming out first and we're like, yeah. And he went, no, 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 that's wrong. It always needs to be the bad guys coming out first. Right. And we were like, really? He went, yeah, it's, it's tradition. And we went, is it? We had no idea. Yeah. Literally no Just idea. Yeah, because yeah. we'd never done anything before. Yeah. And it's taken four years now where I think... We just about know what we're doing. Doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. I think the, the fact that the three of us have set quite high goals for ourselves. And at the minute, we're doing really well. Yeah. I want us to do better. John wants us to do better. Glenn wants us to do better. So we're always going to work hard at making us everything that we do better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And the biggest fear is, if you've had something that's absolutely amazing happen, is how do you top it? And not panicking and going for the, the sort of the, the quick. We're quite good at being patient. Yeah. Like if someone disappears from our... our our shows for a while, we're quite good at, at waiting and bringing them back in the right way. We're quite good at at not pulling the trigger on on something straight away. For example, Will pursuing our title, it was like a, a seven eight month story of him pursuing the title before he eventually yeah. won it. And because then the reaction that you get is wonderful, but you could just pull the trigger on it eight months previous. Yeah, and then yeah, just you know, uh, you know. So it's uh, it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing. Uh, weird process the booking thing but i think it's what the three of us think about all the time because none of us do this full time yeah so it's doing it around other things and then just when i'm driving an idea when i'm i spend probably like 24 hours a week in my car and literally i'll sit in my car and go oh that's an idea and then i'll I'll send it to the other two on on a little facebook message or whatsapp message yeah and it's the same for glenn because glenn's an actor it's the same for him it's the same for john who who works for the guardian so it's like the, the three of us just constantly coming, just up, with coming up with these ideas. Well, I want to get into the um, the the kind of how it all came about and the initial s- s- struggles. But w- while we're talking about Will, again, great rise, great great performer. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the the mind blowing part is he's 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 twenty two. And again, like it's easy to compare to names in WWE, but you look at he can do anything that, for example, a, a Neville can do, who I think is great. But I think also he's got a better he's a Got a bit of, a, a bigger f- frame and a just a, a good looking. He's, he's deceptively tall yeah. as well, which is is handy. I mean, he's always going to be a cruiserweight because of the stuff that he does. Yeah, I mean, uh, but again, the beauty there is you've got people like a Seth a Rollins and people like that who can be the a bigger cruiserweight, absolutely. but and be at the top of the company. And and one of the things I was discussing it last night with my friend uh, Roxanne and saying, right. In no way am I implying that Will Ospreay is as good as Seth Rollins, who generally him and AJ, are pro- AJ Styles, are probably considered the best mm. in-ring workers at the moment. And Will has wrestled AJ as well. Yeah. Oh, really? For, for Rev Pro, yes. Amazing. Has, yeah. And but I was like, I'm, in no way am I saying he's as good as those two. But I also am saying that Seth is 29. Mm. I don't know if he's seven years better than Will. No. And I, it's that it's that exciting thing of the potential that's what's what's ahead. amazing with someone like Will <clears throat> is. When he started wrestling for us, he appeared on our second ever show. He was in a tag team match yeah. against the, the London Riots, one half of whom you saw at the yep, weekend, yep. Um, uh, along with uh, a guy called Alex Esmail, who is an actor, um, but loved wrestling. I think he was in, he was in Attack the Block. Yeah. Um, and Alex broke his leg in that match. Oh, wow. He broke his leg, he tagged out, managed to hobble to the, yeah. <laughs> sort of hop to the, the apron, tagged out, and then Will came in, and Will had to fill five minutes of time on his own yeah. as an 18-year-old. Wow. And at that point, everyone went, 
oh my god, he's amazing, and he was amazing. But everything he did was very flippy, and, and yeah, he's he's he was good then. Yeah, everything we've asked him to do, he's got better and better and better and better and better. And the reason there's so many eyes on him now, I think, is because it's not just he can do the flips and stuff, but whenever he does the high flying stuff, it means something. Yeah, if his strikes, which cruiserweights often aren't as good at. His strikes are unbelievable. Yeah, like he looks great. like he's leathering people. Yeah. And on top of that, he just keeps inventing moves. Yeah. So he's got a move called the Essex Destroyer. Yeah. Which amazing. is a somersault DDT. Which you watch it and go, no, I've no idea how he did that. I've no idea how he even he, he how he even they were, invented. They were literally my ex- exact words to Chris when we saw him do that at a weekend as well. I've no idea what just happened there. I know it was amazing, but literally my head can't compute how how he's, that happened. But, and and he's one of these people that And I he's six thirty Oh, uh, sent on is just again. I've not seen. I've not seen these things. <laughs> he's he's so good. And what's really nice about him is his attitude. And everyone who works for us, I would agree with this. Yeah. His attitude is wonderful. Yeah. So you know, when he comes, he, he comes to a show. He's always he's always there early. He's always there. He always brings his dad and his his fiance with him, who are both lovely. And what's nice, I, I always say to him. I was talking to his dad about this. Is he's good at wrestling because his dad. When he's when he was a teenager, yeah. his dad bought him a wrestling ring, I think. Oh wow! And and it's because his dad looked at him and went, well, "That's what he wants to do. Going to get behind him." When I started doing stand up ten years ago, yeah, I had a, a real job, and not long got divorced, um, and I was I wasn't happy. And I started doing stand up, and it was something I liked doing. And my dad used to drive me to gigs because I had a real job still. Yeah, and my dad would drive me to gigs, and he did it because he recognised that's something I wanted to that's do. What you wanted and to I think that's what happened support. with Will. Yeah, is everyone supported him, and. He's just the not like no one's ever got a bad. His attitude's amazing. No one. Yeah. He never. He he's just not a bad person. He's he's great, and everything he's done for us, you can just see every single show. He's got better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And little things that he perhaps wasn't as great at, like talking, for example, when mm-hmm. he first started. It's just because he was a kid. Yeah. You know, now he's twenty two. He's getting really good at that. Yeah. And then by the time he's thirty, if he stays if he stays healthy, and I really hope he does. Yeah. He's maybe the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. It's true. He's phenomenal. I, I always, like all nerdy wrestling fans. <laughs> I always have my moments of fantasy booking and yeah. fantasy managing. And and last night, my one thought on what Will would have to adjust and change to step up because at the moment his style at the moment needs to be at the top of a company. Mm. He needs to be the top because just because it's so explosive. And the one thing that I thought if he was to move through WWE development or things like that is the thing is. In in many ways, he'd need to dumb down slightly, just because he's so good that his transitional moves are other people's finishers. Yeah, and you can't really do that if you're on a big roster with with big names. You can't c- casually throw in a cutter off the ropes or things like that. You can a bit, but I mean, even Cena, in fact, has got mm-hmm. stick for this recently, where he would add new. He's, he's always got stick for not having many moves, and then he'd add new moves, <laughs> and, he got a load of grief. and then just move on from it. And it's like, well, you can't do what would. Oh, you need to protect a move set. You need to protect finishes and protect moves. So that that was the one thing on watching the match I watched last night was like, this is amazing. But he would walk out the back and have a lot of angry wrestlers in the locker room who were like, right, I've now got to go out and do my finishing move. And you did that six moves before your finishing move kind of thing. But I think most most wrestlers get that. Most most wrestlers understand. If you're working on an independent show, first of all, on on indie shows. People do throw more moves in. Yeah, yeah. So when before Seth Rollins was in WWE, when he was in Ring of Honor and he was Tyler yeah. Black, tons more moves. Yeah, CM, CM Punk 
When yeah. before CM Punk was in WWE, his finisher was a pedigree off the top rope. Yeah. Um, so it, there was no way he was doing that when he got to WWE because no, no, it's that someone else's well. yeah, yeah. And I think with independent wrestling, you want to get noticed, so you are going to throw as much stuff out there. What's quite nice is most people get like with Will being in the main event with Marty at the weekend. No one was going to try and top that match because yeah. everyone gets their place on the card. When you're in WWE, there's two reasons you need to slow down. One is to make sure you're respectful of your place on the card. Mm-hmm. The other reason is your work schedule in WWE yeah. is a lot bigger. You've got these you're resting six, seven times a week, yeah. not two or three. Yeah. And you're on the road constantly. You're constantly sat in a plane. You know, like when Will finishes wrestling for us, he goes home to Essex. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He puts his feet up. Yeah. Um, and then he starts a day job and then gets up losing yeah, day yeah, job. Yeah. Stays, <laughs> right. But if you're signed to WWE, it's it's a hard schedule yeah. and you are going to hurt. So there's no reason for you to be taking bumps that hurt you as much as they hurt someone yeah. else all the time. So you are going to have to slow down. We're around the hour mark now, so we do need to start to wrap up. But before we go down that route, I want to get, I want to talk about all the online and how people can mm. watch and take in. So talk us through, because again, I think that's amazing. You've got your catalogue up there. You've got a monthly subscription and all sorts of things. So how does it all work? So basically, um, our website is progresswrestling.com. That's yep. where all our events are. We put all our news up on stuff like that. We have an on-demand service. Uh, it's done through a company called Pivot Share. Uh, the website address for that is demand-progress.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sign up for a week for nothing, and then it's a five a month. Uh, so it, it works out. We have to do it in American money, so it works out roughly a five a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's basically, bargain, all of our shows. So all of our chapter shows from the past. And so all, your chapter shows are the ones which are in in London generally, right? Is uh, there, London is there and a different variation? So the, the the chapter ones are London and Manchester. London and Manchester. There are big shows in front of you know seven hundred people. Yeah. We also have shows called Endeavour, which are our shows for a mixture of people coming through our wrestling school and professionals. Yeah. Um, we have a few other things on there. We have interviews and and, yeah. um, and various other little specials on there. So we're trying to create as much content as possible to make people go, do you know what? It's a fiver. I'm going to keep subscribed. Yeah. Because the best bit is whenever we have a show, and this year we've got 19 chapter shows plus our Endeavour shows. So it'll work out two new shows a month. Yeah. Within Normally within a week, the show we've just had is up online. Yeah. So people get to see it. And that's why we're retaining subscribers, and that's what we want. We want as many people to subscribe as possible. Um, in this country, in America, in Japan, people are, are latching onto it and going, oh, I can watch I can watch everything. And because we've got, we're quite proud of the story arcs that we've had, yeah. you can go, I'm going to start and watch from the beginning. And you can watch and you can see the development of us as a company, you can see the development of characters. Yeah. And it really, what's quite nice is when we get people, um, there's, a, there's a really nice guy, who tweeted us both earlier on, called Alex Greenfield, yep. who used to work for WWE, he used to be a Raw writer. Wow. And he's now a wrestling journalist and writes movies. Fantastic. And he is one of our biggest exponents in the States because he literally, he he's into he's into films, he's into that sort of writing. Yeah. And he likes how we've written stuff and he binge-watched everything we've done. Amazing. And then now he's now he's like, oh, when's the next show coming up? And he's, he, he's so enthusiastic about it. And it's great that he's got that level of enthusiasm. So it's demand-progress.com. It's a fiver a month. Um, and so on, and I genuinely think there's not much you can get for a fiver no. in, in this world. It's and a bargain, it, and it, I, I'm I'm obviously biased because it's my company. Yeah, um, but I genuinely think it's I'm going to give some some unsolicited advice now to the listeners that um, I would advise you buy it. It's fantastic. I'd advise you start at 21 mm-hmm. um, because again, that's the beauty. I, I started to glimpse because you kindly sent me a list of some yes. some favourites, and you know, it was nine, ten, I think eighteen. Yeah. 21 and 20 you know there's a lot but it's all good but what i felt was it is 
a development story. Mm-hmm. So the production values increase and get better and so on. So yeah. if you're completely new to it and only used to WWE, yes. then I'd say start at 21 and 22. And so, so I'd say go t- t- 21 until the most recent and just take that in because I think the production values are there. It's that bit yeah. slicker. Yeah. And then when you're already in love with it, it's more comfortable to go back and start and watch where it's the promos are more self-taped and stuff like that and have that, that's that the, exciting That's vibe. the thing. When we started... Uh, we were pretty much as underground as you could be. Yeah. Because we didn't have any money. Yeah. And um, we just wanted to put the shows out there. I mean, when we started, because we, 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 we still sell DVDs. Yeah. We don't sell loads. Oh, fantastic. Um, but we still, and we sell them because the fans collect them. Yeah. And John, bless him, John who does, I must stress, John who does nearly all the work. Me and Glenn do very little. <laughs> John's the one who does all the day-to-day stuff and yeah. he sends the merch orders out and stuff like that. He individually numbers all the DVDs. So amazing. Um, but when we started, it was a proper. It was just like plain white cardboard sleeve. I was printing out like stenciled stickers, putting them on. He was numbering them. We were sending them out like that. And the, the production quality is. If you look at what our DVDs look like, that's got better, and yeah. the actual visual element has got better because when we started, like my dad was the cameraman. Brilliant. When we started like, out, yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. You know, and we've gradually just expanded things and made things a little bit more professional. I mean, for now, for an independent company, you look at the most recent shows, we're on par with other independent companies who have yeah. our TV deal. So yeah. we're, we're getting there. Um, we can't compete with the production qualities of the WWE because it costs them about £100,000 to put on a live show. Of course. But um, but I think that's a, that's a great shout. And if ever people just want just want to know, oh, what, what match should I watch? I'm bored. I've got like 20 minutes. Tweet me, just yeah. Jim Smallman on Twitter. Just, just tweet yeah. me. I'll recommend a match to you anytime. I'm more yeah. happy to talk about it. And that's the, that's the beauty of it as well, and and the beauty of the free trial type element as well. You just mentioned TV there, and I had, I had a, some 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 podcast questions a while ago, and I asked what the plan with the podcast was. Is it looking to develop into a film thing, into a TV show, anything else? And I was really pleased to say, no, it's not. It's mm. planned is for it to be a podcast. I'm really happy with what it is. That is what it is. But what's the plan with progress? Because it struck me as I was driving home, I was thinking, right, so the fact is that, and ex- I keep keep using TNA as an example, but they've they've lost a lot of their deals and whatever in, in America and over that side of the world, and they're, they're hanging on in the UK, but hanging on a well to the extent that there's the show they air and then there's talk shows about wrestling as well and things mm. like that. What do you think, if, 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 T- if TNA was to take a hit or to or, or, or to not continue on if it was to hit, to kick the bucket. Do you think there'd be a door there for one of the... Um, again, ideally you guys, but one of the UK wrestling companies to go, or even a combination of the UK mm. companies to go, look, you air wrestling at that time. You've, you've always... It's gone down well. We can fill that slot. Like, we can give you that two-hour show that, that, that will, will keep the... The fans there. I think the the problem, and we get asked all the time, "Are you going to get a telly deal? We're going to get a telly deal because we've got we've got quite a good reputation, and yeah. people just presume that that follows." Yeah. Now, I'm quite I'm I'm quite anti television on every possible regard. I'm the same yeah. with with comedy. I, I'm I love being a comedian. Yeah. Um, and I've got plenty of friends who are comedians who are on telly. I'm really pleased for them. It's not my ambition. Yeah. My ambition is to make people laugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. With progress, I think. Putting telly on is a much more difficult prospect than people realise. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Seriously. that WWE Seriously. and TNA are on telly. is because they pretty much give those programmes away for nothing Yeah, because of the advertising that they get out of it to sell live tickets, which is what they're in the business of doing. And merch. Yeah, and merch. Yeah. And, and but to put together a show like, like Raw or a show like Impact costs a load of money. 
Like, and, and that's the thing that, and also it's not just that, it's and how many a, extra shows point. you have to make. That's e- e- exactly what I was going to say, because I was thinking, right, a, a TV deal would mean a, a show a week rather than a show a month. It's mm. like, no, it doesn't. A TV deal would mean a show a week that goes on TV, and then as said, that's to drive sales for the four or five shows a week that are bringing the money in. I think it's possible, but at the same time, my focus has always been, and I get asked this a lot, my focus has always been, I want 700 people to come to our shows, mm-hmm. go away and talk about it, and, and have a very real, very visceral experience from sitting there. And our our, our priority has always been, we say this in our, our instructions to anyone who works for us, yeah. is this is where the cameras are, but your priority is entertaining those people there yeah. because they've bought a ticket. Yeah. They're much more important. And I also think that's why it translates well when you watch it because the atmosphere seems amazing yeah. because everyone's focused on generating and keeping that atmosphere. Yeah. The minute that you start recording television matches, it's difficult because you can't have... Like the main event you saw the other day was half an hour long. Yeah. You can't put that on telly. No. You know, and, and you, you can, but most WWE television matches, if you watch Raw every week, you'll know most Raw matches are five minutes. Yeah. And they're to set up something else. And you've got to convince enough people to come along to see that show, to pay to produce that show, to be able to put it on TV. It ends up... I'm a big ECW fan from the late 90s. Yeah, sure. The minute they went on television, things started going a bit ropey for them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's impossible because it isn't. But our focus as a company is always going to be those people who've bought a ticket, those people who've been coming to shows for four years. And again, the fact is... it's an ever-changing climate, mm. and I think again that's why with the pod on the podcast front, it's like right now I've got no desire to do t- a TV version because the podcast works. Everyone can have it for free, and the most important part, no one can tell me what to do. <laughs> that's there's, exactly there's no it. restrictions on it. So again, if you want to have your main event be half hour f- or forty minutes, if you know it will work for your crowd, then you can do that. You're not going to have a TV company or whoever saying. Well, we kind of need the ad break here, and we need this to work. This it's like, well, no. but but the world's changing. I look yeah. at my my daughter, who's twelve, doesn't watch telly. Mm. She watches everything on YouTube. Yeah, and it's crazy, isn't yeah, it? And, yeah, and, and and for us now, the fact that we can have our own, in theory, demand progress is our own television channel. Yeah, we can put whatever we want on it. And all we're doing is catering for people who definitely want to watch what we're doing. We don't have to tick any boxes. We don't have to appeal to any advertisers. It's ours. And we control everything on it. And the money that we get from it comes to making us a better company. It's that model. And it's not just us that do it. I think nearly every wrestling company in this country and most independent companies in America do exactly the same thing. We've all got our own little streaming services. That is going to enable us to grow I think, more than necessarily being on... Because let's, let's be realistic. One of the big four TV channels are not going to turn around and say, we want to put wrestling on. Because yeah. they haven't had wrestling on since Greg Dyke binned it in like yeah. 1989. Yeah. So, or, or if they do, it will be such a huge product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it would have to be. Because again, there's been, been talk of Simon Cowell saying he's interested in wrestling. And that's going to be because yeah. you look at the WWE and it's one of the most consistent businesses mm. in the world. The yeah. fact that it's been weekly continuing and it has its ups and downs it has its poor ratings it has its great ratings but still as a business model it's one of the biggest most consistent things on tv well, people you know? never leave wrestling i mean how long, how long have you been a wrestling fan for yeah again yeah, yeah, this, yeah i've been the, a wrestling fan life. since yeah. i'm 37 i've been a wrestling fan since i was seven yeah so 30 years of me being a fan yeah and watching it with, with the odd little gap watching yeah. it pretty much every week and i'm not going to change there's fans who come to our shows who you, you have to be at least 14 to come to our shows yeah and so there's fans that will come when, with their parents when they're 14, 15, 16, and hopefully we'll keep them around for the next 10 years. 
what's interesting is there are people there who are older than me yeah. who've been watching wrestling. There was a really lovely couple who came up to me our first show in Manchester. And and they were like, I've been watching wrestling in Manchester for 30 years. This is the most fun we've had in ages. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's mind-blowing. But fans don't go away. Yeah. We the yeah. Wrestling fans are always there. It's as true. long as you're providing something entertaining for them, then they will keep coming back. But the lifeblood for us is always going to be live shows. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, all, we nail it. Also, the wrestling fans will thoroughly enjoy letting you know if there's something that isn't to their taste. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're still there. <laughs> They're still there, but they will relish saying how much they hate being there if, 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 if they need to. I don't, know, I don't know if you have this when you're performing, but I have it when I'm, when I'm doing stand-up. If I'm in front of 200 people and one person isn't laughing, that's the only person I can yeah, focus on. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same with a progress show. If yeah. one person complains yeah. that they didn't enjoy so, something, oh, that's all I can think about rather than the 699 yeah. people who did. And it's it, killer. Uh, but that is just because the three of us care about it. Yeah. If we didn't care, we wouldn't get like it. That's perfect. Well, let's wrap things up. And, and one more time, I want you to just kind of tell people where to follow. So you're on Twitter. Uh, me personally is Jim Smallman on Twitter. The Progress Company account is this is underscore progress. And that's also, is it this is... It's progress wrestling on Instagram, isn't it? It's progress wrestling on Instagram. I think you know, I think it's this is progress. It's this is on progress on Instagram, it's, it's, it's and on Facebook it's progress wrestling. On Facebook it's uh, facebook.com slash progress wrestling. And, and what's the website again and the subscription stuff? Website so can... is progresswrestling.com and our subscription site is demand-progress.com. Thank you very, very much for coming in and chatting. And I look forward to catching more progress events. You are always welcome. Um in in in, in fact, actually as the as the complete ending of I realise we've not mentioned it much, but people like Pollyanna and, and Ginny and the, and the female wrestlers, is, is that something you plan to bring more in? Like you said, you've not traditionally had that much, but in WWE in particular and NXT, it's become as... I mean, in NXT, it became the headliner. Mm. It, it, it took over. Is, is that something that... I if think the so. talent's there... Yeah. As, as long as people are talented, they'll, they'll be there. The, the, yeah. the four ladies who, who work for us at the weekend, so Pollyanna, Ginny... Uh, Tony Storm and Dahlia Black are all brilliant all fantastic, and but yeah. they've all been competing on our Endeavour our smaller shows yep. and they've got their own interlocking storylines that have been going on for a couple of years yeah. they deserve their place there like I said we just wanted to wait until we got the right reaction for it and I think Proof was at the weekend that they got that reaction yeah that's perfect well thank you very much sir it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah we'll talk again soon nice one thanks cheers You've been listening to Scrooge Picks Discretion Pieces. There you go. How enjoyable was that? You're, you're lucky that we had to. We were boring a studio at this one, and we ran out of time because I wanted to ask him some mania picks and some real wrestling a fantasy booking, which would have really got us nerding out for a long time. But we cut it off there, and it's probably for the best because some of you would have zoned out um, at that point. I want to mention again that. Um, progress are again i'm at the time of recording this there's still tickets that's all i can tell you Pro- progress are in manchester on the 14th of february um which as this drops is days away um i can't recommend their uh, live show highly enough it's absolutely amazing get down there um and enjoy it um and then they're back in in in, in london in march i think that might one that one might have sold out already this is really good shit as said i recommend the the progress on demand streaming thing. I've been smashing through that and really enjoying it. As I mention every now and then, I get a bit of insomnia and it's been a godsend in these nights where I'm battling to sleep and then I go, I'm going to stop fighting it 
just watch some lovely wrestling. So, yeah, I recommend it. They're great. I'm not sure what the next podcast is going to be. As I said, it might be the Riker one. It might be Saul Williams. It might be Example. It might be Stephen Graham. It might be anyone. But um, there will be a podcast soon. So I recommend you subscribe and set to auto-download if you can and keep an eye out in case that Riker one drops. Um, Other than that, thank you very much for tuning in. I've been Scroobius Pip. This has been the Distraction Pieces podcast, the world-famous Distraction Pieces podcast. I'll see you next week. I said that really aggressively then, didn't I? I ended like, I was really like, I'll see you next I didn't mean it like that, you beautiful people. There's no... I'm coughing now. This is the worst ending to a podcast ever. I just want, you know, you're wonderful. You're wonderful people. So I didn't mean the aggression. I'm sorry. I hope you can forgive me. I was trying to, like, be cool and have a big impact. Like, at the end of a Fighter and a Kid, where Brendan Sharp's like, this is the Fighter and a Kid, we out, and all that. And I was trying to be all impactful and cool, but it didn't really work. So I'm just sorry, man. Just thank you for listening. It means a lot. Um, I'm on Twitter and stuff. If you if you want to chat, I'm like holler. I'm about. Other than that, I just wish you a nice time. And I don't know how long I can make this outro last. There's potential that it could be like an extra ten fifteen minutes, and then you've got a, a wonder. Well, the podcast was already over an hour. If the outro's too long, that could put people off because. There's certain file sizes that you can't download without our Wi-Fi. So this bit right here could cost us. Ironically, it's at the end, but it could cost us listens to the whole podcast, which I don't know, man. That's just crazy. I don't know why I it's just continuing and just going on and on because the bandwidth thing and all this, it could it's the bigger the podcast, the harder it is to keep it on your phone. You know, maybe you've downloaded this and thought, oh, I'll listen to it soon, but you're busy and then stuff happens and it's so big and your phone's getting full and you're just like, i just got to delete that. I've just got to delete it. I've got to delete that. That's got to go. It's, it, it, it can't be here. I've not got room for it in my life. And the tipping point for that could be, you know, this long, this long ass outro. So, I mean, that's a worrying thought for everyone, really. Um, I'll probably... I'll probably wind it up now then. Probably just... just I'll wind it up and go and watch some wrestling, probably. Uh, go and watch a bit of wrestling. And, uh, and wind it up, so... Alright then, see you later.